Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1, 23 says, Behold, so we're looking at Old Testament, Isaiah, jumping forth to New Testament, Matthew 1, 23, he says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. For a few moments, I want to just speak on this topic. Emmanuel, God is still with us. He didn't leave us. I'm thankful to know this morning that he didn't go up into the clouds and say, well, you're on your own now. I'm glad to know there was a cross. I'm glad to know there was a tomb, but the tomb is empty. I'm glad to know that he ascended into the clouds, but we're not left comfortless this morning. But God says, I'm gonna be there with you. I'm gonna be there with you. And I'm thankful to know that also that there's coming a day when he's gonna come back through those clouds for his people. I'm looking forward to that day. But until then, I'm thankful to know that this scripture still applies today. That Emmanuel, God is still with us today. Amen. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift up our voice. Ask the Lord to continue to move in this service. God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I thank you, God, for your presence today. God, has been here so strong and so mighty. I pray, God, that you would continue to flow in this place. God, move in our altars today as we respond to your word. God, and I pray, bless God, bless the people, Lord, today in this place, Lord, with your presence once again. God, we love you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Names matter in the Bible because names are used to describe something or somebody. But there's one name that I want to focus on this morning. It's a name found not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well as we just read. As in our opening text, you'll find this name in Isaiah 7:14 and in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. So here we have a name given to Jesus Christ and that he was to be called Emmanuel. Now in most Bibles, in most Bibles, you might even find it today in your Bible if you have it in your hand or if you're using using a cell phone or whatever it is, you might find that this, actually this scripture, Matthew 1 and 22 or 123 will be in... Uh, quotations because one verse prior to 23 it says now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet so to understand what when Matthew says what he says when he pens what he pens he is writing the fulfillment of the prophecy from the Old Testament he's saying what you have read about and what you've heard about for years you are now going to be seeing take place right before your eyes. This is what has taken place, that the prophecy has been fulfilled. So verse 23 is the fulfillment of something that had been previously predicted or prophesied. 
That comes from Isaiah chapter 7, 14, where it says that the virgin shall have a son. So in order to understand truly what Matthew 1.23 means, you have to go back to Isaiah 7.14 and see what it meant. Since Matthew 1.23 is a fulfillment of that scripture. So we know what it's translated to mean. It means God with us. And we're thankful to know that God is with us. There are times in life that you say, has anybody ever said, I just feel so, so alone. I feel like nobody's with me. I just feel like I'm all alone in this. I know there's other people. I see your heads nodding. I mean, I've heard it said, that's the, I don't know offend anybody, but I've heard it said that that's a good Baptist response, the nodded head. Um, but you can shout amen if you've ever been in that situation. Amen. amen. Most of us have. You've been to that place where you say, I just feel like I'm all alone. But the reality is this, is that when this scripture is fulfilled, we understand and can say it today that there is never a time in my life that I walk this road alone. I don't care if you're going through a trial this morning. I don't care if you're on the mountaintop. I don't care if you're halfway up the mountain and not sure if you can take another step. It does not matter where you're at on this journey in life. I can say with full full confidence this morning that when you walk out those doors today and you say, my church family isn't with me anymore, I guess I'm on my own. No, I can tell you this right now, that yes, the church family might not be with you bodily, but God, the one who saved us, says every step that you take, I'm gonna be with you. Emmanuel, God is still with you today. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're going, God promises I will be there with you. I will be there with you. So we know that it's translated to say God with us, but what does that really mean to call Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us? What does that mean? He is saying that this child that is born will not be just another child with you. But what Matthew was saying and what Isaiah was saying is that God himself will be with you. So for the, so the first thing we need to understand about Jesus Christ is that he was not only the son of God coming to save the world, but he was God robed in flesh. There is a difference to understand that it's not something that, that God set up in, the, in his throne in heaven and said, you know what, I'm going to make somebody else take care of this. I'm gonna put the sin of the world on somebody else because understand that nobody else had the ability to take the sin on in this world than the one who created the world itself. And he knew that. So when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about God, not just another man, not just another baby, but we're talking about God himself. When I began to look at some of the names of God in the Old Testament, and then some of the declarations about Jesus in the New Testament, it became even more clear about the true deity of Jesus Christ, that is, that he is God. God is called in the Old Testament, Old Testament, Elohim, the creator. Yet the New Testament says everything that was created was created by Christ Jesus. You say, well, pastor, where do we find that? Well, if you got your Bibles, let's go to Colossians 1.16 and 17. This is New Testament. Colossians 1. 
verse 16 and 17. You know what? We'll jump back to 15 and read that first. It says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be uh, thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Everything that you see around us was created by him. Who? Jesus. God. He was the one who created all things. It is him that we read about when we say the Old Testament, Elohim is the creator God. We see the New Testament that he was created by him. In the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah, the I am. And Jesus says to the Jews, before Abraham was, I am. You'll find that in John 8, 58. In the Old Testament, he's called Jehovah Nisi, your banner of victory. Are you thankful this morning that when you go through a battle that you have a banner of victory in your... I'm thankful that no matter what I face... I can wave a banner of victory. When I call out the name of Jesus, I'm declaring victory over my situation. It doesn't matter what the battle is. It doesn't matter how big the army is. It doesn't matter what they bring against you. It does not matter. Do not get discouraged if you're going through a, a war right now or you're going through a battle right now. Do not be discouraged. Do not walk around with your head hanging down like you feel like you've been defeated. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I feel it's in the Holy Ghost. Someone feels defeated in here, but I'm telling you right now, if if God is on your side, you can say with, with, with encouragement in your voice, Jehovah Nisi, Jesus is my banner of victory. I got guaranteed promise of victory because he's never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle because in John 16, in the New Testament, Jesus says, it's all right, I have already overcome the world and everything in it. In the Old Testament, God is called Jehovah Rohi, is the Lord is my shepherd. Are you thankful that you have a great shepherd this morning in Jesus? I'm thankful to know that I, I, tomorrow might hold some stuff uh, that might come against me and it, uh, there might be some battles maybe tomorrow that you're gonna face or there might, be, uh, there might be some cliffs that you might fall off spiritually. There might be some things set up for you that might try to take you out, but I'm thankful that I, I submit myself to a, a shepherd that looks out ahead and says, guess what? I'm already in tomorrow because I hold tomorrow. So that's why we gotta listen. We gotta understand. You can't just have a shepherd and not listen to him, but you gotta listen to the shepherd. You gotta keep your eyes on the shepherd and where the shepherd goes is where you need to go as well. In the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and my sheep hear and know my voice. See, there's a difference there. It is one thing to hear a voice, but it's another thing to know the voice. You say, well, how, how, do, how do I know if I'm 
if I'm living the right life, you will know his voice. And as I've said probably from this pulpit over a hundred times that it's hard to know the voice of God when he never hears your voice. That's why prayer is important. Because there's a good chance that if you need to hear his voice, which we need to every day, there's a good chance you hit that prayer closet or maybe that prayer closet looks like, maybe that prayer closet has four wheels and it's while you're driving to work. That's okay. It might be you're walking down the aisles of Kroger just praying to yourself, God, I need you today. Lord, I need you today. Somebody just told me not too long ago, said they, they, were, they were in one of the grocery stores and they were praying and they said they were gonna try this out because we talk about it a lot. And they said, Lord, they said they were just praying to themselves, walking down the aisle. Lord, if you'll send somebody in my path today, I'll share my testimony. Lord, if you'll, if you'll put somebody in my path, I'll share my testimony. And they said they turned around the next aisle and wouldn't you know, they ended up going into a conversation with somebody and sharing their testimony. I promise you, God hears what you have to say. Yeah. He hears us. Yes, he does. In the Old Testament, God is called El Shaddai. In Revelation 1 and 8, the Bible says Jesus Christ is Lord Almighty. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's who he is, and his name is Jesus. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Colossians 2 and 9, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That is scripture. You know what that tells me? Now, now this is, some people say this is, you know, could be uh, controversial uh, scriptures between people and could cause arguments. No, it is, it doesn't cause an argument for me because it is scripture. And the scripture clearly tells me that for in him, who is him, Jesus, it is saying in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's why I understand that Jesus is the, Jesus, uh, Jesus is the son and that the father, his name is Jesus and that the Holy Spirit, his name is Jesus, that all three are together dwell in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Every single thing was in him. That's why when he... That's why when he left his throne, he said, I'm not gonna send three, I'm not gonna send two, but I'm gonna come myself because I'm gonna come and plant myself in flesh because nobody else can do this. He is one and Jesus is his name. In the beginning was the word, John one and one. In the beginning was the word. Well, the beginning tells me, where's the beginning? In the beginning. In the very beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, what's that mean? We'll jump down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh. So if in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, 
And the word that was God was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth that tells me that in the beginning was the word and it was with God and was God, the word became flesh that tells me that Jesus was God robed in flesh. I'm thankful to know who he is this morning. I'm thankful to know that, that when we go to pray, when you speak out his name, that you don't have to call out all these different names to try to get a hold of the right one. But when you just simply say, Jesus, that the God of heaven and earth hears what you have to say and you have his full attention. And he says, yes, my child, what do you need from me today? Emmanuel, God is still with us. And he is this morning, I'm thankful to know uh, that we understand who he is and that he is one. Uh, and he is El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. Uh, he is Adonai, Lord and Master. Uh, he is Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my victory. Uh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. I'm thankful to have a healer this morning. Uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. I'm glad to have a provider this morning. Uh, when the world looks crazy and things get tight, uh, God says, I'll provide for you. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. In the midst of all the craziness in the world, I can come to a place where it's just me and him, that quiet, peaceful place and get in his presence and all the cares of life begin to fade away because I step into his presence and I understand that he is Jehovah Shalom, that Jesus is my peace. I know who he is this morning and he was and he still is this morning. Emmanuel, God with us. That's who he is. Understand that God was poured into human flesh so that apart from sin, God became a man. That he emptied himself into humanity. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Well, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, seeing that then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why did he come? He came so that he could sympathize with our weaknesses. Because in his 33 years on this earth in flesh, I want us to understand something this morning that he faced what you're facing. You ever, you ever said some, to somebody or somebody's ever said something to you? I'll never forget that. I, I remember years ago, there was something that we were going through, something we were facing. And I know this person that we was talking to, they, they had never been through anything like we were going through. I knew that. And they looked at me and they said, oh, I understand. And part of me wanted to look back and say, no, you don't. 
that's just not who I am. So I just smiled and nodded my head. But I truly understand, no, you don't. <laughs> if you've never walked in my shoes, you don't understand. And there are people in this room, there's things that you have been through that I've never been through. And I can't look at you and say, oh, I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're feeling. That's why I'm very careful with those words. Very careful to say, oh yeah, I, I understand. Unless I truly understand. You see, so, so for Jesus to come and robe himself in flesh and walk on this earth, for Jesus to be here with us, he faced some of what we're facing. He went through loneliness. Y'all been lonely in times in your life? You feel like nobody's there for you? He's felt that. He went through being forsaken. Have you ever felt that before? Everybody turned their backs on you? All those who you thought were your friends, those that were closest to you, Somehow, they've forsaken you. They're not there anymore. Where did they go? Those ones who were so close, those ones who were always there for me. Where, where, where are my friends? Where's some of my family? What happened? I feel forsaken. Those that were closest to him, he even spoke it to them and told them, by the time the rooster crows three times, you will have forsaken me. You will deny me three times. So to say, well, Jesus doesn't know what I'm going through. <laughs> he can look at you and say, I understand. I've been there. I felt that. He went through being rejected. I know there's people in this place, you've got pain, you've got hurts in your life from being rejected. Some of it might be clear back to when you were a child, it might be parents that you felt rejected by that you felt rejected and there's hurt, there's scars, there's things you've dealt with for years. You say, well, nobody understands what I'm feeling. I promise you this morning that when Jesus looks at you, there is sympathy for you because he understands what it feels like to be rejected by those he loved with all his heart. Amen. He went through hurt. He went through pain. He went through being crucified. Even when through death, he went through everything that you're ever going to face in life. Even when that last breath comes, understand that he's been there. <laughs> and, and that's why we can look at him and say as our example, to look at Jesus and to see that Jesus, even in that moment, even in the moment of rejection, even in the moment of being forsaken, even in the moment of pain, physical pain, uh, emotional pain, uh, through all of those things being crucified, yet he was still able to look and say, forgive them for they know not what they do. In the midst of all of that, he looks and says, oh, my plan, what I have come to do, it is finished. And because of that, because he was willing to go through all of that, we got to do this morning what we were singing about, Brother Kidwell talked about, that the veil was torn and that we were able to step into his presence because he said, yes, this is gonna hurt. Yes, I'm gonna be rejected. Yes, I'm gonna be forsaken. They're gonna turn their backs on me. But yet, anyways, I will come and do this because I will fully understand who I am dying for. 
He went through everything we're ever gonna face in life, clear up to death, just to give you full access into his presence on a daily basis. That's why we must understand the gift given to us is Emmanuel. God is still with us. He's still with us today. I want you to think about it. The spirit of God overshadowed Mary and she conceived a child. So the God of creation is laying in a manger. That means, think of this, wrap your mind around this. I like to think, I like to really get into this and think some deep sometimes. And to wrap your mind around this, that he created his own mother within her mother's womb. So he knew her very well. That's if you believe that God is the creator of life, the giver of life, that he formed you in your mother's womb. And I think it's safe to say we believe that this morning. Life is precious. He created the animals that he would have been surrounded by. He created the trees that would be crafted into a manger that would welcome him into this world. And the trees that he created also would be the one that someday would hold his beaten and broken body in that old rugged cross. But why, why, why would he go through all of this? Because he simply wanted to be with you. You say, you mean to tell me that he would leave all the comforts of heaven, thrown in heaven, to come down knowing, knowing he's gonna be forsaken, knowing he's gonna be beaten, knowing he's gonna be rejected, knowing that he's gonna come and go through all this suffering for what? Simply just to be with you. That's why this morning we stopped for a moment before we got into the word and we took a moment just to be in his presence because understand that he, he doesn't show up on a Sunday morning just for himself, but he shows up for us to fulfill what we were created to do. And what we were created to do was to worship him. That's why he created us to be worshipers. We are first worshipers. Anything else above that, you gotta understand is secondary, but he created us to be worshipers of the one true living God. He desires a relationship with you day in and day out not just on Sunday morning but on Monday morning he wants you to wake up and say it's Monday morning but you're still worthy it's Tuesday morning you're still my God it's Wednesday morning I might be going through hell today but God you're with me and you're still worthy of it all that's what I'm talking about this morning he said I created you so I could be with you and have a relationship with you somebody stand to your feet this morning and walk one more time, give praise unto the one true living God for he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all this morning. God, you're worthy. God, you're worthy. Hallelujah. He's Emmanuel, God, still with us this morning. This morning. Amen. Amen. Coming to a close.
Musicians, you can come. The context of Isaiah 7.14, I want us to look at. Why did Isaiah write this? What made Isaiah give this prophecy? Who's he talking to? What is this all about? When he speaks this word of prophecy that, that this child is coming, Emmanuel, God with us. Well, let's look and just get a little bit of context here. Looking at Isaiah 7, 1 through 14. It's always good when you read a scripture to go back and get context. Not just to go and read, read, read just one scripture and just take it from that, but you need to go back and see what leads up to that scripture so you can get the full understanding of why this took place. We can see that in verse one, it says, now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzer, uh, oh my God, help me, Uzziah, thank you, tongue-tied, king of Judah, that resin king of Syria, Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, these names, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the heart of his people were moved as the trees of the woods and are moved in the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz. And you and Shir Jashub, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool, on the highway of the fuller's field and say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and, uh, and the son of Ramalia. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have plotted evil against you, saying, let us go up again or against Judah and trouble it. So basically, the people of God have these armies wanting to come and cause issues, and they want to come against them and attack them. They want to cause issues and destroy them. They want to, it says, plotted evil against them saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it. They wanted to bring trouble into the camp. And let us make a gap in its walls for ourselves and set up a king over them. Kind of sounds like a takeover. It says, the son of Tabel that thus says the Lord God. Listen. It shall not stand nor shall it come to pass. God speaks in the middle of this. It says, this is what the plan is. Here's what they're wanting to do. They're gonna bring trouble against Judah. They're gonna bring trouble against my people. They're gonna bring trouble, but God speaks up in the middle of this and says, it shall not stand. Their plan will not stand. And it shall not come to pass. It says, for the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken so that it will not be a people. Hmm. The head of Ephraim and Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramalia's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. 
Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, ask of a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. He's saying, you're worried all this is gonna take place. So ask for a sign for yourself from the Lord your God that everything's gonna be all right. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, hear now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So leading up to this whole thing, you hear what the Lord is saying. He says, hold on, will you not ask small things from men, but you won't ask this of your God? He says, therefore, the Lord says that he will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So God's people were being attacked by the enemy. God showed up and told King Ahaz, I'm going to give you a sign. A sign of what? What's the sign gonna be? It's gonna be a sign of victory. And the sign of victory I'm going to give to you is a virgin having a son. Hear me this morning, when the prophet Isaiah talks about the birth of Jesus, he talks about it in the context of things not going well, of things not being in your favor, of things that are coming against you. And he reaches back into history, prophetic history, just to say that the birth of Jesus Christ is God himself showing up at the worst of times. But it will be your sign that you will win and the enemy loses. So the virgin that has the son is really a sign of your victory that I'm going to be with you in spite of what is attacking you. Matthew picks up that quote and quotes it related to the birth of Jesus Christ. So one of the things you need to understand this morning about Emmanuel is that no matter what you have gone through. No matter what's been good, bad, or even ugly this year that you faced, no matter what you're going to face even next year that's gonna be upon us before we know it, that you need to know the name Emmanuel because that means whatever comes your way, you're not facing it alone. That's right, amen. God was with Ahaz. God was with him and he was telling him, ask for a sign, I'll give you a sign. And he gave him a sign. He was telling him, listen, no matter what the enemy brings against you, I'm still your God and I've still got your back and there's still victory in the future for you. God had the back of Ahaz. God was with the Israelite people. God was with Mary in a manger. He was there in the Old Testament. He's here in the New Testament. And you'll find him wherever you go. He is.
is and was Emmanuel with them and he is Emmanuel God is still with us how do I know that because he says in John 14 18 I will never leave you comfortless but I will come to you Job 23 and 10 but he knows the way that I take and when he has tested me I will come forth as gold how does he know the way that I take because he's Emmanuel God with you it doesn't matter which way you turn which way you go God is still with you because he said I will never leave you nor will I forsake you he is Emmanuel God with us yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death thou art with me Emmanuel God with us goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life God Emmanuel God is with you Matthew 28 and 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you and lo I am with you always even until the end of the world Emmanuel God is with you today. I've come to encourage somebody today. I've come to tell somebody today. I don't care what you face this year. I don't care what's waiting in 2024 for you. I'm here to tell you that Emmanuel, the promise is there, not just in a Christmas season, but he said every day, no matter where you walk, if it's a battle or if it's a good day, Emmanuel, I promise you that I will be with you no matter what comes your way God is here today as we all stand all over this place I wonder if you would this morning if you'd just be real and earlier this is why I invite you to the front earlier and I said I want you to come and I don't want you to ask for anything I want you to come and just worship him because I knew there was going to be a moment here at the end here we are stepping into December the last month of this year and I wonder if there's anybody in this room today that will be honest and say, Pastor, I've dealt with some stuff. Things haven't always been great. But I can say that Emmanuel, God's been with me. And if there's anybody who's here today that says, Pastor, I'm still dealing with some things today. Here I am at the end of this year and there's some things I've carried through this year that I've tried to get rid of. I want you to know, Emmanuel, God is still with you today. And I want you to understand that the altars, they're still producing great things today. I want you to understand that the God we felt earlier in worship, he's still here today. And his word has gone forth. His scripture has gone forth to tell you that his promise is there, that I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I will be there with you, that whatever it is you're facing today, today you can bring it to an altar. So I wonder, I wonder this morning before we leave this place, if you would hear this message and you would say, okay, I want to respond to this message. That's the purpose of an altar call. It's not that we come up here and we fellowship in the altar at the end of a message. That's not what that's for. But what it's for is for you to say, you know what? I heard this message today. And pastor, I've been dealing with some crazy stuff. But I, I, I've been listening to what you've been preaching. And not just your words, but God's words tells me and gives me a promise 
that he's going to be here today if I step out and walk up to the front. And if I bring this stuff I've been carrying, he's going to be there. Or if everything's going well right now, if I just want to come up and I just want to be in his presence, that God's going to show up and he's going to, he's going to be there with me. That's my promise I have today. So I wonder, before we get to New Year's resolutions and all that stuff, if we get a head start on those things and say, I'm not waiting for that. Why would I wait when I understand that Emmanuel, God is with me now? He's not the God of 2024. He's the God of right now. He's the God of this morning. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's here right now. So if there's anybody in this room, anybody in this room right now this morning, I I want you just to step out. Whatever that is, it's between you and him. I thank you. Thank you for your honesty between you and God. And I'm asking if you would bring it to an altar this morning and you would understand that when you step up to this altar that God says, I'm gonna meet you there. I'm gonna meet you right there where you're at in this battle that you're facing. I'm gonna give you a sign this morning. Your sign is that I came, I showed up, I I went to a cross, I died, I went in the tomb, but I was risen again, that I ascended into heaven, but I promised you that I would not leave you comfortless, but the comforter is here this morning that he is here this morning. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna be your provider. I'm gonna be your healer. I'm gonna set you free this morning. I'm gonna be your deliverer. Whatever it is you need, God is here this morning. Take advantage of it this morning. Apply this word to your life in these altars right now. Come on, step out if you haven't yet and come up to the front. Find your place. Kneel down if you wanna kneel down and lift your hands if you wanna lift your hands. But begin to talk to him right now. Begin to talk to him right now. Say, God, I'm not going to carry this into a new year. I'm going to get rid of this right now, Lord. I'm going to lay some things down at an altar this morning. God, because I understand that you're here. Your presence is here, God. You're here, Lord. You're Emmanuel, God, with us. God, your presence is here right now. Your spirit is here right now to minister unto me, Lord. God, and I pray, God, you would start to minister, Lord, in these altars right now. God, begin to minister, Lord, to these people, Lord. God, your people, Lord. God, these are your people, Lord. God, begin to minister, Lord, for you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, you spoke it, Lord. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. God, you are here, Lord. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, Lord. God, you said, Lord, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. You will come to us this morning. God, I will come forth, Lord, when I'm tested and tried. God is gold because of you, Lord. You are here this morning. Come on, he is here this morning. Somebody lay something down at an altar. Somebody leave some stuff at an altar this morning. Come on, let God change your heart this morning. That's it. That's it. Lay some things down. I refuse to leave the same way I came in. God, I'm releasing some things this morning.
respond to your word. You will come to 